Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. All right, let's look at on this Wednesday. Hi, we're fine. Thank you for asking. Drake West and Sid, tomorrow is Lawyer Bill. Texting for him can begin today. That's fine. 878-9420 to ask Bill questions about your legal stuff, and uh, that'll be fine. Today's news and notes, uh, Ted Lasso is back on Apple Plus TV, the final season, season number three. Got some more detail about that and uh, a number of things. Let's start with this just for grins because these things are really funny. As we discuss uh, many times, the scamming that goes on on your phone and in your email, the phone calls you get that are obviously a bunch of baloney. And these are really funny. They're all from the texting and um, some of them are just dumb and some of them are pretty funny. The person who had to let a scammer down easy. Hi, Mom. I'm texting you from a friend's phone. I've smashed mine and there are phones about to die. Can you message my new number ASAP, please? Mom responded, nope, I left you at the adoption center for a reason. Don't contact me ever again. Uh Okay, that'll take care of that. Hi. Hello, who's this? I'm Yvonne. I have an urgent business trip tomorrow to tomorrow uh, to to someplace. I need to cancel my appointment with you. Hi, Yvonne. What time is your appointment for? Is this a nail salon? I was trying to find Cindy. Oh, I'm sorry. Cindy died last week in a freak manicure accident. A client's fake nail jettisoned off with such force it struck our Ikea chandelier, which fell on Cindy, killing her instantly. We've all painted C-I-N-D-Y for E-V-E-R on our fingernails in her memory. When do you want to make your appointment for next time? That is classic and awesome. Oh, God. Uh, Let me skip down some of the... Hello, I have changed my new number. Is this my business friend, Tim? This is your business nemesis, Tom. Is this the number that my business friend, Tim, has been using? It's the number that your business nemesis, Tom, has been using. Devil emojis. End of texting. That's it. (laughs) Tim, Tom, whoever. Uh, Let me skip down to one. This person is a scammer. Exactly what they ask for. If you're in Dallas, meet me at Starbucks. Okay. I'll send a verified code for checking scam because most of these posts are fake. If you can t- if, if you can, can show me the code, then I'll call you. Okay? Okay, sure, the response. Check your phone massage, misspelled word. Mm. I sent the code. Please give me a code I can call you. Please show me the code. Did you get it? Response, yeah, the code is, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I don't know about that one. Um, Hi. Reply, hi, bot. You aren't even trying. I expect better. The end. (laughs) Uh, And it says, where do you come from? What industry? I'm a hitman. I get paid to kill people usually. Sometimes I just torture them. There was no further reply. <laughs> Okie doke. Oh, oh, you have WhatsApp? He says, nope, not secure. I use carrier pigeons. 
smart. Uh, okay. <laughs> find them. Let's see. Uh, some of this just goes on and on and on. Hello. How are you doing? Response, amazing. That's good to hear from you. I'm doing good. Emoji, smiley face. Thanks. I hope all is well with the rest of your family. Not the greatest. We are still hoping that the serum will help Junior's leg grow back. My <laughs> wife has been taking it pretty hard. She won't eat anything except Funyuns. <laughs> End of texting. It all stopped right there. Uh, <laughs> some of this is, people are really, really on onto this stuff. Um, let me see. Um, this is so dumb. This begins with a picture uh, and the word but, B-U-T-T. Um, response, W-Y-M, whim. Question, do you like his booty? Isn't it so voluptuous and juicy? What does that has to do? Text, his booty is so juicy. And then I post it on Marketplace of Craigslist. His booty is so juicy is the response. His booty is so juicy comes again. That's twice in a row. Got it. Now text, I want to slurp his booty. That was the end of that little texting <laughs> right there. I don't know what that means. Uh, but, okay, I will send you a six-digit confirmation code if you real. Please back it so we can meet. So can I send it? Response to this idiot, yes, can you send me a code word instead, something like Snoopy, but don't use Snoopy because I already used that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just don't, I just, these people don't do this very well, do they? No. It's just no. sloppy and dumb and <laughs> the grammar is wrong because they aren't from around here and it. But these are things to avoid, and I'm t the the ones I get now are about that my account has been closed. Please click here to fix it. People oh, aren't gosh. that stupid, no, are they? Not. I mean, no. I, mine mine lately have all been uh, through the email. My phone's been fine, but the email I've been getting a lot lately, and either I'm getting. Uh, targeted by scammers hugely, or I am really missing out on a whole bunch of free shit that got lost in shit. <laughs> now, all of my email dumb uh, stuff has stopped, but uh, and the calls have stopped. They they just go in spurts. I can't quite figure it out. Uh, but uh, they keep on trying, because if one person out of a thousand bites, then you win. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, no, it's, it's just nuts. Uh, any texts you have... I think we have some responses to my rant about going to the grocery store yesterday. <laughs> and I swear to God, I will never go in there again. But that may be a lie. Um, but any, but, but, I, but I mean it right now. But we'll, yeah. but we'll, have, we'll, but we'll yeah. see what happens. Here's a great tune. This is John Waite. And the it baby Easter, on yeah, Drake. It's April Digital. 9th. It is coming down the, down the pike. And once again, don't, be, don't get crazy. Now, we're concerned around here about plants and the forecast it was cold this morning it's going to be rainy tomorrow and then getting colder on the weekend they have the lows in the upper 20s or mid 20s in some places so uh the the, the it's, it's it's always the it's the very same don't plant anything till after easter right. or mid-april because we're watching things now that are in bloom that have stopped they just have kind of gone on hold 
So the weather has people concerned about their plants and flowers, but don't jump the gun. Easter is the ninth, and wait till after that, and we'll see how all this goes. Uh, with Easter comes Easter egg hunts and uh-huh. Easter egg crap like that. PETA, oh, no. which, which stands for uh, uh, people eating uh, tainted a-holes. Um, <laughs> they, they want the White House, that's where the president and them live, uh-huh. to change the Easter egg role. I swear to God, why haven't they done this before now? PETA's not been in the news much. I guess they lost their taste for activism, and now they've gotten back on a roll, no pun intended, the Easter egg roll coming up, and they're asking Joe Biden to consider not using eggs. How about hand grenades? You. What is an Easter egg? <laughs> That's roll? good for the children. Yes, <laughs> they can learn how to dodge, you know, being bombed yeah. in the future. And the slowest <laughs> one, their hand grenade explodes. They die, and the so other won. kids learn the lesson. I think it's a really good idea. With the Easter egg roll a few weeks away, PETA these. I I do I admire a little bit of their attempt to uh, to protect and all that shit. Uh, they've asked Joe Biden to make a big change for this annual event. In a mail that she got Monday, the animal rights activist urged the first lady to end the use of chicken eggs and switch to. I was going to say elephant eggs, but that doesn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> Not many of those. No, they are, they're hard to find. Now, squirrel eggs are, are a bit smaller. I swear to God, I knew a guy one time that was back here in our backyard, all these trees and all these effing squirrels, and he made a comment, because we saw the nests up in the trees, and he made a comment about squirrel eggs. And oh I waited gosh. for the I, And I waited for him to chuckle as if he were kidding. He did not chuckle, and I think I walked back in the house and went to bed. I'm not sure, but <laughs> no, he was serious. I Squirrel eggs. a story eggs. just like that. Bro. Um, yeah. She wants the White House to use reusable plastic, because that stuff is healthy, or wooden eggs, or even lovely painted rocks or egg-shaped balls. Where would the balls come from? Mr. Biden or other White House staff members? <laughs> Tigers. <laughs> Tiger balls. Um, They're probably uh, just the right size. Just kill a bunch of tigers, use those. (laughs) They would last for years to come, says PETA. And it would make the event, wait for it, extra special. Uh, And inclusive of children who don't consume eggs for ethical, environmental, or health reasons. If they can't consume them, then don't let them eat the gosh damn things. (laughs) They have parents, don't they? Yes, and they can still roll them. There's nothing in this White House Easter egg roll that has ever involved eating the eggs, so far as I know. No. Tiger or not. Well, families are shelling out so much more money for eggs, but that's changed over the past month. Mm -hmm. Amid the deadliest avian flu outbreak on record, now is a hopping good time to hatch Uh an Easter tradition that is kind and doesn't prop up the cruel egg industry. Watch y'all get a job. Uh, the uh, the puns continue. I bet. Notes, uh, uh, PETA has clucked about the event in various years. <laughs> oh, God. In 2016, when it offered to donate plastic and uh, and uh, tiger eggs, or balls, for chicken eggs to as, as, as a replacement. Farmers donate eggs to the event for purposes. 
among them rolling and decorating, there's not much eating going on. No. The American Egg Board is a real thing, for God's sake. It says more than 70,000 eggs were donated in 2019. I guess they skipped two years because of the because of the the uh, COVID, Wait. which is good for the kids. So don't worry about that. How many eggs? Uh, Seventy thousand for a for each year, or is that in total? They were That's given in twenty nineteen, I guess, for the whole gig. It's a big yard. <laughs> I, I, I don't That's have any right. answers. It is. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of tigers. Here's your answer. This event draws thirty thousand guests to wow. the White House grounds. So how many kids will drop like flies because of their egg allergies? Hopefully four or five at least, just to add to the fun. It's just unbelievable. I I, I still don't know what it is. And, I mean, I guess it's an Easter egg hunt slash whatever. But But are they even real eggs? Did someone check that? But but, but if if farmers gave them their real eggs. Yeah. And And if they're dyed, you don't eat them anyway. No. You can't eat dyed eggs. Are they hard-boiled? Are they eggy inside? It would be cooler if they weren't. (laughs) Now, that'd be a a nice egg fight. (laughs) I know. I I had no idea it was that huge. I just thought it was like maybe 100 kids who rolled these eggs from point A to point B. How do you get 30,000 people on the White House grounds? I know. I, I don't know. I, uh, packing them in closely like a Japanese bus. Well, with the forthcoming uh, end of time, uh, when they attack the White House, uh, this will be, there's plenty of room. We know. We now know that. So 30,000 kids Jeez. hunting Easter eggs. Oh, well, I, I don't know. Uh, I didn't so mean happy Japanese Easter. bus. I, I meant Tokyo subway. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> let's let's offend whoever we can. I, I, I don't care anymore. So uh, there you go. Good luck with it. And it is Easter in every store around. So for God's sake, buy some. There are peeps of all kinds. I've seen new flavors and new colors. And I think peeps have about worn themselves out. I don't like them anymore. I, I, I was obsessed for a while, but now mm-hmm. I think they're just dumb. And last, they're really not very good for you either. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think though. Last year, what holiday was it? I don't know. We got. We found cinnamon ones, maybe. And I'm yeah, not a big marshmallow so. fan, so I can only no. eat like a half of one once a year. Stuff. But it was pretty good. They aren't made to eat. They're made to play with. Yeah, because they just are disgusting. They're not. It's food, like eating. Decoration. It's they're they're just to look pretty, not to eat. All right. Here's a great one. Oh man. I love this song. Enjoy this on Drake Digital. Memphis and May's Beale Street Music Festival is approaching rapidly. The lineup, you've seen it's on our website. It's everywhere. It's on the MIM site, memphisandmay.org, along with ticket information about single days and all three-day tickets and uh, how all of this will work out. A great lineup this year. Diversity is the word, and they certainly have that. So Tom Lee Park is where it returns after four years, right? It'll be downtown Mm -hmm. uh, May 5th through 7th, and tickets are going to be going quickly. I'm sure they already are because the space is limited this year. So you ought to get those before you get the bad news that it's sold out on a day that you want to go see somebody. So Robert Plant, Allison Krauss, Lumineers, and uh, Glorilla. Love her, it, and it's going to be a lot of fun, so... There's all there are a, a bunch of other festivals in progress as well. It's festival season. There's one coming up in Clarksdale. I saw that poster or billboard today somewhere, and they're everywhere. So 
Uh, Willie Nelson is also going out. Is this a a tour or a one-show event, Sid? This is a music festival, and it looks like about 25 dates. And it sounds like it's something that he always does, but I'm not positive. It's called the Outlaw Music Festival. Well, he does Farm Aid every year. That's a one-time does, yeah. thing. But this well, one this sounds is, like a new one to me. He's almost 90 years old. Go on. I know. Well, he's I know, unbelievable. I know. I know. The Outlaw Music Festival Tour, and he will be joined by some two people that you just mentioned, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss, and another one of our favorites, John Fogarty. So huge names this year with Willie and a kind of a rotating. They're doing, they're each doing not every date, but some dates. And there's kind of a rotating list of people included in this. Avet Brothers, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, Margot Price, Government Mule, and Marcus King are going to open some other mm-hmm. dates. So if that sounds pretty cool, it's the closest place is uh, Rogers, Arkansas, June 29th. Or okay. St. Louis. Rogers is okay. probably closer to you, but yeah. A lot so. of traveling for a show that size. Wow. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, I passed the name of uh, Marcus King uh, to our friend, Mr. Holt, and he tried to get him for the show here, but Marcus is playing in Oxford, hmm. I believe, that same weekend. Oh, wow. So they have their own little festival down there, too. So a lot of shows all over the country, and uh, there's going to be a, um, a, just a, a, a bunch of shows everywhere. Everybody is coming back out on the road after being shut down for a few years. So many shows to come. Uh, Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are on the road together, as I mentioned yesterday. And they're touring and playing the hits and playing together, and it seems to be a really good show. Wes had a story that I wanted him to uh, talk about. Uh, Billy Joel, I think, I can't think of an artist that has done what he has done and was able to pull it off. He did his uh, body of work going back to the early mid seventies with uh, piano man, which I believe was his second album. And then he uh, became a gigantic star with the stranger and had other hits on and off for the next decade, I'm guessing. And then he stopped making albums, writing songs. So the body of work that he created, you would think that he would be inspired to write some more words. He hasn't written a new song, as far as I know, in 30 years. Yeah, it's been since 1993. River of Dreams was his his last album of original music. He did a classical album in 2001, but that's it. It is hard to imagine any other artist that stopped making music 30 years ago, but can still go on tour and sell out every show based upon their body of work from, let's say, 10 albums. He, I can't imagine who else could do that that isn't dead. Um, no one's ever done this, have they? Ever. Oh, not like this. No. I, don't, I don't know n- yet. Like, He's so good live. He, but that that's how enduring and how popular these songs are it's a it's a it's quite a commentary on his gift of songwriting mm-hmm. and how deeply these songs affected people he he's also made some bad records too and wes has i think more about that yeah there's it, he was being interviewed for this show in los angeles he did on this tour with stevie nicks that you were talking about and billy joel says that he wishes he could take back 
25% of his songs. Well, he says, quote, I've hmm. written some real stinkers I wish I could take back. And he names some examples, A Win in Rome from Stormfront and You Were the Only One from Glass Houses. I don't remember mm-hmm. those. But what he says is I'd sometimes he says he'd get uh, six or seven songs for an album and he was happy with those, liked those a lot, fine, proud of those, but that wasn't enough for an album. And so he'd squeeze out, he says, a few at the end just to fill the album up. And he like says he realizes yeah. now he, he shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. So he wishes he could take back a lot of those. I don't know what he would have done you know, instead, because when at the time in the late 70s and through the 80s, you wouldn't put out an album with just six or seven songs. Eight was was no, you know was no. a bottom yeah. line pushing it as as not quite enough. But there aren't very many artists I don't think that have not gotten down to. They have eight songs that they like, but they need two more. Mm-hmm. So they do something just for filler. Um, now some albums, every song on them oh, are yeah. hits. Uh-huh. Like yeah. let's say Rumors for you know, just as one example and. Um, there are many more like them. Well, not not that many more. No. But the Eagles had uh, had albums that had every song on it was just you know fantastic. But uh, Billy would take back a quarter of it. I hated Uptown Girl. Other than that, he, <laughs> I don't uh, like that either. He he did some it, really really fantastic yeah. work. And I guess you at some point the well just runs dry. Well, you know that's what he went on to say. He says he didn't consciously decide. Okay, I'm I'm done. It's right or wrong. He says it just felt like it was time for him to to stop. He didn't have the same motivation. And he says you need inspiration to create good new music. And if you don't have it, don't bother. Just get off the treadwheel, treadwell mill. Treadmill. Yeah. Uh, either way. Well, he had money. He had motorcycles and cars and houses. He went through a couple of more wives, I think. <laughs> yeah. But I guess not enough heartbreak to inspire him to write some songs about them. Um, it just seems that guys like him, who are poets um, at heart, can find enough things wrong with the world and themselves to keep mm-hmm. writing. But I guess he didn't. I mean, guys like you know Bob Dylan. Well, not Bob is is so uniquely um, apart from the rest. But Springsteen continued mm-hmm. to explore different areas and did a one man you know Broadway show, which was a gigantic hit. And then Western Stars was a cowboy kind of an album. Um, so some artists just keep tapping into new resources and finding new things to write about. Yeah, but it, but when you're that rich and have your Harley <laughs> outside, why fucking bother? Who cares? Well, I mean, but it, it's really it, it speaks a lot about your own self awareness. If you realize, you know, yeah, I, it's great. This just isn't in me anymore. I had a great run. I can still go out and play. I like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, people still want to see him. Yeah, I, it would just and be that's excruciating to make new stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. he he is a reminded how good he was slash is every time he walks out to twenty thousand people that yeah. paid to see him, and they yeah. do it over yeah. and over again to and the songs that, from the seventies and the eighties, and they still yeah. love him. It's it's unique. And on that note, I posted on our Facebook page the other night when he and Stevie Nicks, I guess it was the yeah. first show this on this co-headlining tour, and they did yeah. stop dragging my heart around. Posted yeah. that video on our Facebook page. Oh, cool. FYI, cool. so. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, a nice touch. And they are probably really good together. Well, I I saw the videos, so 
their their voices were good together and um she still has the same kind of chemistry and that little magic of the whirling you know princess on stage and he's still just a little old you know bald-headed dude just playing his ass off so yeah, yeah. what do you not like about that you know it's, it's just fantastic so good for him and good for them sid also put up on facebook we'll get to this at, at uh, some point i thought it was a dumb question uh, but uh the, but the audience didn't and it was about if you could be an animal for one week what would you be and, and how many responses did you get uh and over why? 30 okay. Yeah, over 30. Over 30? Yeah. Oh, so not that many. There's, so there are only not that ton, handful but... of morons. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we, we might just have to skip that then. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> only 30? Are you sure? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Well, then, okay, what are they? <laughs> uh, this gal says, as my, as my husband likes to say, in my next life, I'm coming back as a well-loved house dog. Uh, okay, that's why. So, all right, well, next. there's there's yeah. lots to love about that. If you're sure, even the house that lets you get up on the couch. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Somebody says a bear in hibernation. I need a good week of sleep. <laughs> that's see, I that's like a that a answer. lot. A week isn't enough. About four months would be better. <laughs> uh, somebody says my dog because they're probably spoiled. Somebody they're all says, spoiled. Yep. Somebody says a dolphin. Drink, eat, fish, swim, and surf all day. Mm-hmm. I'm totally, I would totally be into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a girl says, Dino, Ali, Lucas, and the cats sounds like a band's band name. Because who doesn't <laughs> want to live at the Hall compound, says Kimberly. That is the, that is my life every day. Thank you. <laughs> Dino, Ali, Lucas, and the cats. Yeah, yeah. that's, uh, they are quite a bunch, I'll tell you that. Oh, man. Lauren says, a the, Peabody the duck. Fur. Hey, yeah. Oh, and, God, I bet you. And you got to toss in with that a really good vacuum cleaner because if you don't have that, you're screwed. There's so oh, much that... hair in this house, it's unbelievable. I bet. I would sneeze. Vacuum, vacuum, vacuum sounds endlessly. <laughs> uh, Lauren says, a Peabody duck just float around in a fountain from 9 to 5 every day? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Chad says, at the moment, a shark with all the recent rains. Okay. Well, okay. Christopher, uh, uh, Claire says, my dogs, they are so loved and spoiled rotten. Christopher says, a river otter. They always seem to just have fun. I always love to swim and I would love to just be at home and I would be at home in a water environment. Okay. Otters are obviously on drugs. Yeah. (laughs) James says, a hummingbird. Get to see Brazil, Canada, the United States, and Mexico all in one week. Pretty good answer. Yeah. (laughs) That is a good answer. I like that answer. Uh, I'm not going to read that one because it's perverted. Um, How perverted? Didn't ask for that, Michael. You I guess the dog. No, I guess no, wait you, a minute. you know what it says. No, I don't. You can guess what it says. I guess the I dog. Have no idea. I have Lay around. I would lay around licking my junk for a week solid just because I could. Your junk Thanks, would Michael. be cut off, dude. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. If you could reach your balls, I admire you and thank <laughs> you for that. Time. That's a great reply. Licking your balls all week, not a thing wrong with that. But you can't, uh, you cannot reach them, sir. So forget about it. A uh, Patty says a a vegetarian hawk in Mississippi, where I'm what? protected by law. I'd love to soar, but I don't like mice. Okay, well, maybe she's actually on. a vegetarian. No, I'm fine so she's with a little hot sauce. <laughs> uh, I, I don't get oh, that. This is, 
This is funny. I put that shit on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Susan says, a sloth, so I wouldn't be expected to do anything. <laughs> well, no, that's the best answer of that, all right yeah, there. Right there. That, you win. All right, that's the end of that one. Here are the drive-by truckers. This is Drake Digital. College basketball is uh, all the talk these days. March Madness about to begin around here with the Tigers playing on Friday. And that will be on the TV. We'll get into all those details later on down the road. But that's coming up. Uh, 64 teams. I get, all these play-in games, I didn't pay much. I, I, I don't really care. Uh, but all the teams will be established and all begins play on Thursday on various networks and will go on for weeks. So uh, prepare for that. This has not been brought up for a while, but I think it is an interesting thing. But it may be it's going to change college sports tremendously. Although for a long time, college football, college basketball and the recruiting efforts and issues that surround this topic have always been hush-hush because of all the 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 um, rules that have been broken for decades about paying athletes and how they recruit and all that stuff and it's it's just a joke and everyone knows it a couple of years ago uh, they changed how this can be done with the NIL opportunities your name image and likeness for college kids can now make them a lot of money, especially if they play for a big school. So I looked it up because somebody asked us this question last week, if this only applied to college football. And I went on went in search of an answer. It applies to any sport at Division One, Two, or Three schools. Hmm. If you play for a tiny uh, some kind of you know college team in Topeka or God knows where. If you're a big name in that town, you can do TV commercials for cars. You can sell your just everything. It it's all fair game for any sport in Division One athletics and two and three. Mm-hmm. These athletes are making a ton of money, and the story that is or the school that is mentioned here in this piece, is Texas, UT in Austin. They are making so much money. You have to wonder what this implies for the future of college sport. Now, to transfer over to college hoops, which is now the current thing in play, the one-and-done rule, I think uh, it destroyed college basketball for me because any big-name player plays for one year like Derrick Rose did for the Tigers and then they they leave yeah. and they're in they're in the NBA and it uh, there's no loyalty you don't know who anybody is cuz they're here and they're gone like uh, Calipari's bunch up at UK uh, he was the master of that you get somebody great for one year then they bail but it doesn't do much for the sport and it also dilutes the NBA. And you, you have all these kids in the NBA at 19, 20 years old with all this money, and their success rate is very low. And you can look at someone like our buddy John Morant, who is 23 years old and came, what is this? It was his third year in the league. He's And he's incredible on the court, off the court. He's had some issues. 
and now he is undergoing some and getting some help down in Florida. But that story is now well known. Back to Texas. These athletes, um, in 2021, this ban was lifted about uh, paying them, and but they, they've done things for years, like if they want a kid to come play at Ole Miss, let's say. Uh, what they do, uh, there are many ways to go about this. There are boosters, and they have money, and they provide, maybe they'll open up an account in this player's auntie's name and put 50 grand in it, thereby leaving him out of it, but somebody in his family is getting a new car or two uh-huh. or some cash money, or they're as blatant as putting an envelope in the kid's hand. They get caught sometimes, sometimes they don't. Bruce Pearl got busted over a text message. The stories are, they go on forever. So finally they, they said, you know, enough of this crap. We can't control it. Why not let these kids make some money? Because Alabama, Auburn, any big name school, they sell jerseys and merchandise with the kid's name on it or their number. The kid gets nothing. Mm-hmm. And the school gets yeah. all the money. Yeah. It's not yeah. right. It's just no. not right. I agree. So down at UT in Austin, let's see here. Between August 1 of last year and mid-February of this year, 145 UT student-athletes had earned over $5 million. Wow. <laughs> That's well, good one for them. school. That's one yeah. school. That's more than double the amount, which was about uh, two million bucks, that UT kids earned the previous year. So it doubled in one season. Uh, it's football players mainly so far, but you have to expect that basketball players, which who usually don't get uh, the big, I mean, all these kids, they're well known to their own fan base, but nationally are they known. Probably not, but all that matters is if you're a hot shot in Austin, Texas, or in mm-hmm. Oxford, or in Knoxville, you're money walking right there, oh, and yeah. they can yeah. pay you whatever they want to. Uh, this kid from UT, Bjorn Robinson, had a deal with Lamborghini and marketed his own brand of mustard called Bijan Mustardson. <laughs> <laughs> And, but good for and, him. Yeah. And the tagline, I swear to goodness, it's like a touchdown in your mouth. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Now, there are tons of ways to go with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that anybody allowed that to ha- It's like a touchdown in your mouth. So are some other things. But uh, but I'm sure that, <laughs> but I'm that John has learned about that, too, being rich and whatnot. Yeah. But that's one school. I would love to see on paper from A to Z, Alabama, Auburn, yeah, yeah. you know, Baylor, Cincinnati, Clemson, run down the list. How much money are these kids making? So this is now more than ever a farm system for pro football. Well, they're sure. already getting paid. But it, it kind of always was, wasn't it? it I mean, yes, just it was. everyone was yes. pretending yeah. that it wasn't. They were all acting like these kids are playing because they love the game. 
and they're getting a free education. Bullshit! They can't even spell their own name. <laughs> but see, but some of them, some of them are. Some uh, there are the ones that aren't the big hot shots are are maybe actually going to class and interested in taking like uh, some kind of business classes so yeah. that they can do more marketing of their image and not get screwed by the lawyers and the contracts later on. There are exceptions. Yep. Uh, the NFL has some, as does you know college ball. There is always somebody in the news who is getting his, you know, PhD in, yeah. in something, and he is a smart kid who also plays football. But he has that to fall back on uh, should this game become too tiresome or he gets hurt and he's done. But so many of these kids, though, uh, that le- I guess that in college football, you got to play two years. Is that the- I'm not sure what the exact rule is. But these kids should not be turned into the wild at 20 years old and given all this money they have no idea what they're doing and John Morant is a great example of that he is a, he is i think at the core of his soul a good young man i feel like yes he, he's he's a good kid but all of a sudden the skills that that you possess and that you show a city and a nation how good you are and you are loved and adored by millions, and you're making millions. millions. He's, he's making so much. For, yeah. His contract is turning. So, he's making so much damn money. He is adored, and that's heavy duty stuff for a kid 23 years old. And yeah. so you act out, and this is what happens to you. Luckily, he had good advice. He got out in front of this, apologized, sought help. And he will come back and play at the forum and be beloved. And they'll, he'll he'll be he'll get a standing O every time he touches the ball, and he will go crazy. So we hope that he gets to come back and play pretty soon because the season is not nearly over. But um, the Grizz need him, and they're playing great basketball without him and without Stephen Adams and the a couple of other guys who are out as well. But this this story is mind-blowing, and it doesn't get talked about enough. And I wonder if there are any, let's say, let's say that there are, there's a girls, you know, golf team, I'm sure, let's say uh, SMU. If they're pretty enough and popular enough and good enough, they're going to make a fortune. Well, sure. If they have somebody and, to help, you know, market their name. And good yeah. for them. And, and to to just go off into left field on this whole topic. If some student at that same college gets in on a writing scholarship, no athletics involved, but he, he's in, he gets a free ride because he, he got some kind of writing scholarship. It's like saying that this kid could not submit articles or writings or poems or whatever to professional magazines to get paid for those great comparison yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so that's why these athletes you know should be getting paid for doing this kind of stuff yeah. and they ought to be allowed to and this I is mean, good if, if nike or under armor or adidas or gatorade or powerade or whatever wants to back them and if people are buying their jerseys or buying their whatever are you going to say no or as a as a family as a student as a school the it's only conflict so that. that I see there, um, and I don't know how this works, um, Oregon University, the guy that owns Nike, I can't think of his name now, 
But Oregon is the school that they they play out west because, well, that's where the, their uh, state is. <laughs> yeah. Last time I checked. Good, right? <laughs> Smart. Um, he's the guy. Phil, somebody. Um, Oregon would wear these outlandish uniforms. They had new ones every week or something. And I never oh, yeah, understood I how it was possible for him to spend all this money outfitting these kids in some outlandish new outfits every week. I So my question is, if a program like UCLA, if their sponsor is Adidas, does the entire squad and the coaches have to wear shoes and clothing made by them? And does that prohibit the individual young man from getting his own deal? Oh, if the team is sponsored by Nike or whomever, can this kid get his own little deal with yeah. Reebok or whomever else? I wonder how that works. That's a yeah. good question. Does Film. yeah? Does the team ownership supersede the individual getting his dough? What's it, Phil? Who? Yeah, that's a good question. Phil Knight. He's eighty-five and he's worth, or I guess he, yeah, is worth forty-five point one billion. Bless his heart. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. All that I hope that doesn't happen is we keep the distinction between these young young athletes and we don't ruin, um, you know, all, all these great sports like college football, which 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 to me is the most fun to watch over the NFL any day. Uh, and college basketball is fun, but uh, they have broken this down and made it a little more appealing, I guess, to stay in school, which is the upside to all of this, because you're getting, you're, you're, you, you, you might get smarter going to class and all that stuff if you stay there, or you may just hang out and make money and play football, but there's no yeah. more, um, you know, hiding and breaking the rules and stuff, but surely they'll find a way to do that, because that's not going to ever go away, but now it's a lot more out in <laughs> the open, so... right. Why not? Um, we'll, we'll come back in a moment. Uh, a baseball great. Some of you who are too young to have known this man's name, but he was something else for the Yankees. And he died uh, yesterday, and I knew somebody that knew this guy. Uh, he was a young man in the 60s, and his father was well-to-do, and they were friends of this dude, and they went to all the games in the Bronx. And he told me a story about this guy, and we'll uh, run that down to you in a moment. And other things going on include uh, more bad news for Meta and Facebook. They are he, Jeff Zuckerberg has just destroyed this entire operation. That's in the news. And also, I have never heard of this before. There are Bluetooth turntables. Did y'all know that? No, I'm no. I'm, I, okay. This I, this caught me. Technology is moving faster than we can. Uh, it's just <laughs> out of control. Slow down. Back in a sec. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. Some of your texts coming up after Sly and the Family Stone. This is Drake Digital. A couple of technology stories uh, you've likely been following. The collapse of the of the bank on Friday, the Silicon Valley Bank, 
that went belly up in the course of 48 hours. And you wonder how this happens. That bank was at one point the wealthiest, uh, they were number eight in the country. Much of their money and their clients were technology newcomers in the industry from that area that is known for technology, you know, and all of their companies and stuff. And they put their money in, uh, in, in this bank. So the massive amount of customer withdrawals that went down, people took out $42 billion in one day. Jeez. They, they, they left the bank with a billion dollars in negative cash balance, which sent the banking world into a panic. So I'm, I'm reading these stories over the weekend saying that they've got until Monday and that somebody in the government better step up and save this because come Monday, this is going to turn into a chain reaction with other banks flipping out. And it happened, but the government on Sunday evening announced they would um, back all of these losses and this would not be a disaster because it could have been the introduction to a chain reaction that could have collapsed this economy. The same thing happened in Europe over the weekend or after hmm. this weekend. They had some kind of a, a banking uh, crisis as they watched this one unfold here. A second bank on Tuesday, I guess, also had the same thing. But there were many news stories and calm voices saying, this does not affect you, you and me. We're not that important or that rich. So don't panic and go to the bank and get, don't do that. That isn't the point. The point of this story that I, that I read here is the power of social media and how scary this can be. This event began um, a couple of weeks before this happened. The CEO and some of the other top execs were selling off almost all their stock and didn't tell a they just were, were, were just dumping this stuff. <laughs> In their own bank. That's a bad sign. And, yeah. and But no yeah. one knew it, but apparently someone did know it. And so the word began to spread, which is what ultimately led to the massive withdrawals from that bank. And do you know what they think spurred the panic? Twitter. Um, okay. Not I, I, yeah. That is where they believe everything went into a viral panic. It spread across all these platforms and in private chat groups in days leading up to this past Friday when this thing went belly up in a big, bad way. So uh, they have resolved this for now, uh, but this economy is in a real mess. And if you're watching any of this, and hoping and praying that your own little savings account is not going to get destroyed. Uh, things are topsy-turvy, to say the least. And now there's a question about, will they keep keep on raising these interest rates? Will the Fed back off for a bit? Because next week is when they will decide, Mr. Powell and his colleagues from the Fed, whether or not to raise the interest rates again, uh, about a, a quarter of a point, because they're blaming these interest rates for what drove this bank into the ground. But you can blame that or 
Twitter or whatever, but it happened and it's making people very nervous. So that's one news from tech, the, the, the techie world. The other one is this, and Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know, I haven't really followed him enough. I don't like him enough to care uh, about him and his, what is, it, it's, it's just greed and competition. They fired a bunch of people, as did Apple, as has Disney. Many of these outfits have, the, everything came home to roost. And the greed and the overdoing and uh, trying to change things. Um, Facebook, the story is right here, they're going to fire 10,000 more people. Facebook, Instagram, that are under the umbrella of Meta. Yeah. 10,000 more jobs are down the drain. First of all, I wonder what these people do for a living. I don't know why they need that kind of bodies in work and what do well, they do they've got to have some people on staff to change the coding and change how facebook works every seven or eight days to frustrate <laughs> and impede the users i swear uh, that's a, that's not a that's a that's a fact right i mean that's not a you know wise ass comment that's the truth Something seems to change every three months on there, or at least well, you're on there every day, Sid. So you see yeah, all yeah. this stuff, and they yes. change it constantly. Yes, and it's not very user friendly. Anyway, the underlying comment about why this is happening is because of the mistakes that this arrogant prick has made, and they're going to close or shut down ten thousand jobs, restructure their tech groups, and it may take the entire year to do that. And then they will open up some roles for new people or blah, blah. There's some some jibber-jabber. This guy is a robot like Elon Musk is. They're, they are not normal people. And they're just destroying lives. And their arrogance uh, and their approach to business is biting them in the ass. And so way to go, Jeff. Zuck, my boy, for destroying people's lives. Zuck this. I, 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 I think he's just a complete tool. Meanwhile, I saw a story the other day. He's about to go on paternity leave. Is he I pregnant? They're having, Good for he, him. His, I guess his wife is having their third or something. Who right. would? I just more little freaks running around. Him. Fantastic. Who marries that guy? <laughs> uh, another. I don't. I don't care. That's none of my business. But I wish them the very best. Oh man, some of these people. And uh, the thing that I that I mentioned about. The Yankees, if you were a kid in my generation, um, and people older than me, um, a lot older, were raised on the, on the Yankees. No matter where you lived, it was the Yankees. Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris and Yogi Berra and Elston Howard, and the list goes on and on and on. And there was a guy on that team, and they were a very uh, colorful bunch, a uh, Whitey Ford and these guys were party animals, and it was well known, and they lived a very nutty lifestyle in the glitz and glamour of New York City, being famous athletes on the Yankees, the biggest, most well-known, I guess, sports franchise maybe ever. And times have changed, but in the 60s, these guys were it. And there was a guy on the team named Joe Pepitone. 
And Pepitone was maybe the precursor to Joan Namath. He had long hair. He was good looking. Uh, he played first base. Uh, he played 62 to the late 60s, I guess, for the Yankees. And he was flashy. He was on the town every night in all the hot clubs, drinking and partying, as they all were. Um, there, there was Billy Martin. They were all part of the same bunch that would party all night. And back in those days, there were day games a lot. And they would show up to the ballpark in various states of being way hanged over. And so Pepitone, I worked with a guy a long time ago whose father was a businessman in New York City. And they had great box seats down on one side of the plate or the other, but right near the dugout of the Yankees. And this is in their heyday. And uh, Pepitone, they called him Peppy. He was a kid from New York and good-looking, good-humor, party boy. The story goes, as he told this to me a long time ago, there was one day they were at the ballpark in the Bronx. Yankees are playing a day game. And Pepitone had come over, I guess, to say hi to the kid's dad. And um, he was so hungover, he could barely walk around. But he's dressed for the game. It's game time. I don't think he started the game that day. Because he would sometimes come off the bench and pinch hit or something like that. So the game, <clears throat> apparently the entire team uh, had had a long night. And a bunch of them were just dragging badly. And that's why, back in those days, they lived on greenies. It was speed that woke them up out of their hungover state. So Pepitone that day uh, went in, I guess, middle part of the game. Well, the game goes nine innings, and it's tied. Mm. And they are just moaning, oh, my God, we <laughs> can't, I can't do this anymore. So Pepitone, uh, he either pinch hit or he's at the plate, and he walked by the area where my friend uh, and his dad were, and he kind of mouthed uh, to them, this game is over, watch this. Went to the plate, first pitch, put a ball in the right field seats, home run, Yankees win, game over, because he <laughs> wanted out. He was done oh and was going to take care that's of it. A, I, I love that story. That's he, great. I, I am tired. I'm sweating. I want to puke. <laughs> I want a He's, nap he, and some he, more beer later. He, I got a headache. He just yeah. smashed one out of the park. Rest in peace, Joe Pepitone. He was a quite a character. And uh, those uh, those were the good old days of baseball. Man, a long time ago. Things have changed. And opening day is not too far away. March 31, I believe. There are a few games and a full slate on April 1st, April Fool's Day. So all that is coming up, and um, we'll look forward to that and to the college basketball and the Grizzlies. Uh, two things to take our mind off the real world, and we can always use that. Wes, what else did you have up here? Um, uh, oh, I'm looking here. I've got all kinds oh, of things. Oh, 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 oh. I want to hear this. Since we had, uh, I did my first little podcast thing on dog songs, and... 
we know that dogs watch TV. One of mine does. She will watch animals on TV. Oh my, I got one That's too. That's awesome. And you're, yeah, it's it's really funny to watch her because she will just stop and stare at it. And she's just mesmerized by it. Um, but there's a music list to help calm your doggy. Yes, this is uh, was put together by a, a woman named Anna Welb, who is a dog specialist partner with this company in Europe named Skoda, who is a car company. And what they were doing was trying to put together a playlist for dogs to keep them kind of calm in the car. Because some dogs... And Tara, so, number one. <laughs> <laughs> some dogs are great in the car. They, they'll just lie down and they're uh. cool. They'll look out the window sometimes. Some, like one of mine... Yeah, uh, go I. nuts. They go from one window to the next window, yep. and and they just want that want to get out, want to get everything that they smell and see and, and take care yep. of it. But uh, this this is uh, was put together <laughs> to help keep them calm, and it's a it's a playlist that's available on Spotify if anyone wants to give it a try. But what they chose for these tunes were uh, songs that weren't just about the artist's voice. Uh, it, that had a had a big part in it because they want something that's calm and consistent but they also said that the beats per minute was the key to keeping the dog comfortable on long journeys they said uh, emulating the heartbeat is thought to offer a calming effect small dogs and puppies have a heart rate of about 120 to 160 beats per minute and the songs that work are not heavy metal or similar genres that are known to disturb sleep patterns in dogs and their responses to genres are going to be different than how humans respond to them because the dogs have, you know, they can hear better. They're going to hear higher and lower frequencies that we can't mm -hmm. hear. So, some, you know, like uh, a bird of prey is probably going to really irritate them when that guy gets those super high notes in it. By Uriah Heep, yeah, yeah. or any high song. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so here's some of the sam uh, samples. They put out the whole list, but some of the samples on this uh, playlist for dogs. Uh, include Bar Bob Marley and the Wailers, No Woman, No Cry. They okay. say reggae gets, goes down superbly with anxious dogs because they find it calming. The unique rhythm is 4 by 4 time signature, heavy accent placed on the second and fourth beat, so dogs like that. Adele's Oh My God has kind of a lower frequency, and she does her melody without sharp contrast, so that consistency is nice for dogs. The Bee Gees, More Than a Woman, the dance beats is not fast-paced, so it's a great drive time tune for the dogs. And uh, so the beats per minute work really well at uh, a steady 106. And that song, that song isn't that fast. It's not well, exactly. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's okay. that's why. Yeah. Uh, Coldplay's "Orphan." It's a, a soft rock style and 106 beats per minute. "Dreams" by Fleetwood Mac fits into this. Frank Sinatra. Oh, I see it. A, okay. a, a little pattern here. Yeah. yeah. Fly Me to the Moon from Frank Sinatra. Hound Dog from Elvis Presley. Uh-uh. Yeah, because 87 beats per minute. That's, that's the pace of that song. It's more raucous, though, than the Bee Gees. Yeah. A little bit, but it's a low frequency. So it's cool for the dogs. And it's and it's steady. Mm. It doesn't, it's not really, doesn't change its beats per minute uh, because it's so short for one reason. Right. Uh, yeah. David Bowie's Starman is another one. The tempo's 100, so it's in range for the dogs to stay calm. Uh, Harry Styles' Watermelon Sugar. 
yeah. uh, is in kind of a little drowsy, like exactly lazy beat. Yeah. George, George Michael, careless whisper, and uh, Abba's knowing me, knowing one. you uh, at one hundred seven beats per minute. There's more, but but by now, you, like you said, you picked it, yeah. up on on the the tempo of this thing, and so Spotify has it out there. If you just go and look for the uh, the calming playlist for dogs, you'll be able to find it on Spotify. And you know that somebody will do it and have it on in their car tomorrow. For oh, sure. And, if, yeah, yeah. if this works, I'd be surprised. But um, so sh- I know that sometimes when I plug in this microphone to do this little thing that we do here, mm-hmm. it'll feed back with this, mm-hmm. this high pitch thing. And Dino goes insane. He'll, Even he'll, if he's... He starts yapping and because and he, <laughs> he hears it up, yeah. up here. And it gets uh-huh. down there in his little ears. And uh-huh. he, he, he's un, unhappy about that. So I that's, have to turn it down funny. real quick so before he gets pissed. Mine, I, I don't ask her what she wants to hear, but no, she's really good. She'll, she'll just rides in the back back of the RAV4 and she lies down. And if we stop, she'll look out the back window and then we go and she's lying down again. Man. She's well, not running around. She's not barking. She's it's a crazy. lab. My, my, my lab, Lucas, is he goes bananas in the car. But Allie, the golden doesn't really carry their way and Dino is eight, nine pounds of, he's always <laughs> frantic. Fury. So it doesn't matter <laughs> anyway. Frantic. Yeah. Uh, but, but, they, but, but, but some dogs are, yeah. The we, other day, uh, my wife was outside cause it was a, a nice day. This is, it was really funny to watch this. She has her own little blower that I bought her for the decks to just, just to blow off all the funk and the, and the, all the shit. <laughs> no, it's not pink, is it? So no, it's uh, it's green, but it's more lightweight than the this backpack thing that I carry. So she, so it's it 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 just comes in you know very very handy. And so Allie is a she has really really long long hair, a a lot of white hair. She she's gorgeous, but she is a high maintenance dog. So she's brushing her all the time and untangling her ears and all that stuff. And Lucas has short hair for he's he's a lab, yeah. But he mm-hmm. has much much dander and dustiness and hair. So anyway, she put the blower on Allie to blow off or to blow her hair kind of back in place, <laughs> like a, okay. And the dog sat there like she was in heaven. I'm jealous. And she blew this dog's hair, and she it's blowing in the breeze, and she is just loving it. She turned it on, on Lucas, and he ran like he had been bitten by a bee. <laughs> Away, get that shit, get, get that off of me. He, he he was pissed. Now Allie loves the hose. She'll drink out of it. Gets she loves to get wet. Yeah. A lab you would think like Lucas would like water and the pool. Yeah, yeah. He hate, no. he's terrified of it. Still, man, still? terrified, terrified. That's crazy. He hates water. She loves it. Dino doesn't care about anything except getting, you know, petted and fed. Um, yeah. Just like popcorn. me. Popcorn. Just, just like me. They get popcorn and crushed ice every day about 530. <laughs> the crushed ice comes out of the fridge. They get all of that. They eat all this crushed ice. Well, the popcorn pops. I pull it out. We have this routine, which we have to get on the phone sometime and, and get it taped. Yes. It's like a little show, and I go over to the door on the mat, and I stand there, and the two big dogs are right in front of me, and Dino gets to my right, 
and he gets antsy and starts to whine and be a bitch like he is all day long. <laughs> and so I don't have to say anything. I just look at them and they sit and they stare at me Good. like with, with yep. these laser eyes. <laughs> yes. Dino gets to, he starts to whine and be a little punk, but, but he goes first and I pop it right into his mouth. Bam. Bingo. <laughs> then Lucas, then Allie. And I go back around five times. And they catch it almost every time. And awesome. Good doggies. Yes. And I leave the room and eat it myself, and they're on their own. So yeah, you you got to get that on video for for the gram. On it's, on the note, it's really cute. It's really cute to watch. I bet them, it is. It's like a show, like you said. You Lucas acts people. like it's the first time he's ever done it every day. That's what. <laughs> oh, his, if he's he, he has when the you most look eager, at him, he knows though. He is he has the most eager, loving, cute little look. Like, oh man, we just did this yesterday, dude. So calm. He, it's like his first time. It's ever. happening again. We get more popcorn. This <laughs> is so great. Awesome. I thought it would that's never so happen awesome. again. Every day, that's... and he has this look like a like this little kid that's just eager for candy. It's 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 pretty sweet. Take care of your dogs, man. They mean so much. Golly, I have a friend who just lost his dog last week, oh, and it just no. it broke my heart. I would love to put people to sleep every day, but I have a list, but not doggies. Not doggies, it's, no. It's a heartbreaker. Just take care of your pups because they love you. That's uh, unconditional. We'll be back in a minute. This is Drake Digital. Okay, first we have some text from from people that texted. Man, yeah. I'm on a roll. 878-9420. We don't have any from people who didn't text? I don't I know. Believe that. I, I don't know. And we have we need some uh, we get some for Bill tomorrow. Yeah, he'll be here to answer your questions about stuff. His little podcast thing is is really good too, and they run on what Sundays? Yeah, Sundays at one. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up, but uh, but OSs are 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 really good, and I do one about music. I've done three so far, but it requires actual work, which blows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank God for my son who has produced all of them because he is a master at this stuff, and I am not. But he, uh, but they've come out pretty good. So uh, there are some comments, I guess, about that stuff too. So what do you have, Sydney? Yeah, actually, Therese says it, uh, noon is hard for me because of stupid work, and seven p.m. I'm winding down for bed. She's talking about when your podcast airs on Monday. Uh, she happened to leave work last Thursday and caught that one. So she well, I'll change sure. my entire schedule for you, Teresa. So <laughs> I it's on Tuesdays her. at at two and Wednesdays at one, right? Yeah. No, it's on okay. Wednesdays at two and Thursdays at one, and it's on no, Mondays right. at noon and seven. Uh, whatever you say. Yeah. So it's right. So Therese, she heard go it. Go to or Facebook not. and you'll see the list. No, yes, she heard it and she has loved them, and she wonders if we could ever do any back to back. Um, the, of the ones that you've done. So I assured her oh, that... we can, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we, yeah, we could. Uh, and because uh, she, she, she just, she wanted to share with somebody and she said uh, uh, she wanted to share the Jimmy Page podcast but couldn't get it. Well, you got to listen on air. But that is why yeah. Drake's are four times a week on air, on Drake Digital. You can listen on the app, you can listen on the site. And all the times when both of your podcasts are, are listed on Facebook. Okay. And so, you, yeah, so people can find So it it's there. noon. When again? Noon on, on Monday. Monday. And at 7 o'clock Monday night. Yes. And then Wednesday yeah. at 2 and Thursday mm-hmm. at 1. 
Yes. So it isn't on on Tuesday? Right. Well, that's wrong. Well, okay, it should be on like every day of the week. Well, we'll we'll make that okay. change then just for you. <laughs> I, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me either way. <laughs> I get paid no more money for it. So. Thank All right, you go ahead. to the people who have caught them. Thank you, we Therese. Yes. Yesterday we were talking about The Who and one Roger Daltrey maybe not wanting to make an album ever and Pete Townsend wanting to at some point or vice versa. I don't remember. And we were arguing about how, they, how, how the new one, whether it was good or not. And uh, my friend says the most recent Who album is very good. The best, yeah. the best one since It's Hard. Yeah. Wes and that was a good too, one, yeah. I thought. Yeah, so... All it had on there was Athena and what else, Wes? They had um, one hit off that record, and that's that was it. There was something it's else, hard. but I, I'm going to have to go. Have to it doesn't it. matter. Yeah. Athena no, was a good song, it, though. It does matter because yes. now I'm, I'm obsessed with it. And we play Athena, I think. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we've, we got do. It, we've got it on yeah. there. And uh, Eminence Front was on that album. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Well, good. Why don't you go buy the album? All right, what else? I got it, bro. Um, and it's on vinyl. Okay. Um, Philip, we were talking about Kroger and your lovely experience at the store the other day. Well, I, 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 I went on a rant and, and I, yeah. I kind of felt a little bit bad about it, but, but, but not really. I'm the damn customer and I'm always right. And these rude ass kids can kiss my butt. <laughs> well, you didn't I was a little do bit more frank wrong. in my convo yesterday, but God, yeah. Whether you're always right or not, you didn't do something wrong. Like, but anyway, Philip says, I've only seen the conveyor belt thingy where you ring it up yourself and it goes down to the end. I've, he says, I've only seen the one he's describing in, in Olive Branch. And my best guess is you're meant to have a person with you to bag it or whatever. Well, that's bullshit, I, too. I don't I know, go out with a partner yourself? shopping. <laughs> I'm going to hire somebody to come bag my shit for me. Let's go partner shop. That's not going to um. ever. That, that's the dumbest stand <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Take it a partner to go, bag your groceries. It would that's make you go Kroger faster. Pays, but that's exactly, what they should pay these people for. If Stupid. they're standing there and they're telling you they don't have to, that's a bunch of shit. Okay. She was uh, a rude little. But then the idea of trying to get a pickup group in the parking lot of Kroger. All right. We got someone to do the uh, lifting. We got someone to push the cart. We need uh, a damager and a healer, and we're good to go. And good God, here comes that asshole Drake Hall again. Yeah, you better watch out. <laughs> block, red block, flag cut out. somebody. Block, block. Red, red flag, not him ever. Uh, somebody else on the same subject. Somebody else said that you're sadly mistaken because once you walk to the self-checkout checkout area, that means you self-ring yourself up and then you self-put your groceries in the bag yourself unless you're in the cashier line, which most of the time they don't have baggers anyway, but we're dealing with the assumption that they really care and have a customer service stance uh, when they're on the clock. <laughs> so so yeah. I am sadly mistaken. You're mistaken on these nuts because that's just wrong. I am not mistaken. I, it's very rare that that occurs. If there is a if there is a gosh damn belt thing rolling the groceries down toward where the little baggy things are, there should be. It's not my job to bring them up, pay for them, then walk down to the damn thing and put them in a the bag. That is bullshit. I should get half off for even being in the store. You're lucky to have me in there. <laughs> and I'll never be there again. So kiss my ass. For being in the store. I have not been to an actual checkout person in one of those lanes 
in years, probably, I don't even know. I'm just going to start getting everything brought to the house. Forget about it. It's over. All right. At least they do that. I've never done that, but at least they do that. Uh, Melanie's. That's what that thing, um, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Where they, somebody goes and they pick out your groceries. Oh yeah, when when you just order them online, and it's not Kroger. Yeah, yeah. it's um, something thing. I oh, it, it, uh, I don't. We I did don't it know. one time. My wife it does out. it all the time. She she, yeah. she does that a lot. I just and did the did, I just did did the calculation. If a if that bagger is making fifteen dollars an hour, if 14. they're making fifteen dollars yeah. an hour, yeah. then mm-hmm. that's uh, twenty five cents a minute. So for bagging your own groceries, you ought to at least get fifty cents or a dollar off. I think so. I'm with you all the way. Agreed. Anything um, else? Melanie says, the one in Olive Branch sucks ass. The store is a mess. No, <laughs> no stock. And only two checkout lanes on Sundays at noon. Eye roll emoji, says Melanie. Uh, I'm telling you, it's, it, it's a mess everywhere. Uh-huh. And I I keep forgetting this because I'm a creature of habit. And I, for, I went um, uh, some weeks back, I went down to Walmart and it was a pleasant experience. And I don't know why I have this attitude towards Walmart, but the store is much, much less uh, you know, cramped and the, air, and, and, and the aisles aren't full of boxes and dumb people. And I breezed in there, got my stuff and breezed out quickly. And I should go back there and let Kroger, you know, they. There's something wrong with that store. It's management, and it's not local. It's national, and it's a mess. Now, the one in Horn Lake is a normal-sized store. I should go there, too, but that is like going on a road trip. It's at least three miles, and I ain't got time for all that. <laughs> three miles. I guess I'm kind of spoiled because from, from my house to the one in Arlington, it's probably only a mile and a half. But it's really small, and it's about to move down the street closer to me. Yes. Um, uh, one, one last one. And, you, by the way, get your text in for Lawyer Bill whenever, 678 I don't know what number it is. Susan listened to your podcast about the Eagles twice. She says, I love the Eagles. So glad, to, nice. so glad I thank got you. to see them before Glenn Fry died. So thank you, Susan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that, that was fun to do because I, I didn't just do the hits. I played some of the songs that might have been hits because they had so many great songs, and they had to leave some of them out. But there was that was there were probably sixteen songs in an hour, so that was fun to do. Thank you, ma'am, for listening to it twice. That's that's very nice. We should probably play it more because it's in such great demand. It's been heard by three people, so thank you all for those texts. <laughs> I'm I'm They've encouraged. They commented. Now. Three have commented. I'm- I went to uh, Midtown to see my daughter-in-law yesterday, and. I walk in the house and I hear Elton John. Now she's in her mid thirties and she's playing Elton's, uh, some greatest hits collection. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that's, I'm hearing a tiny dancer. I thought, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And she's playing it on a turntable that she got for her birthday from my son. He, she's married to him, I think legally. <laughs> and she showed me the albums that she had, to listen to in front of this turntable. It was really cute and kind of compact. And I was blown away by the variety of what she had, which is, I think, a further endorsement of this radio station or whatever this thing is. 
and the various kinds of songs and bands that we play. She had Elton John, she had The Impressions, she had Johnny Cash, I'm trying to think what else. It blew me away uh, that she had that kind of, of a diverse little gathering of LPs, and she has tons more. So somebody in their mid-30s has Elton and Johnny Cash and The Impressions and all these other things. I just, it was great. I didn't have any idea that there were turntables. Now, there, I don't, I can't judge how big the Renaissance has been for turntables and vinyl, but I'm mm -hmm. guessing it's pretty good size, yeah, right? I, I saw an I article the other day that said uh, vinyl this or last year rather had outsold cds don't know wow. how much that's saying because i don't know who's buying cds these days know, but yeah. it was the first time that it happened since sometime in the 80s well this story i got uh I, this i was surprised by this bluetooth turntables let you pair your vinyl to any any speaker in your house that's I cool. Had no idea. Oh, cool. Oh, I didn't okay. have, and they have a picture of it. It's it's a turntable. It's a it looks kind of you know modern and updated. Rolling Stone had this piece about Bluetooth turntables might not be for everybody, uh, but they can help cut down on the amount of chords you need to play your albums. Yeah, and many audiophiles have found this to be ideal for them. Now the ultimate hi-fi sound. And you can now, you know, program it like a Spotify playlist. And it's becoming the new thing. They're being made by Sony, Audio-Technica, and others. Bluetooth turntables to connect to everything in your house. That's cool. I had no idea. That's cool. And Wes had a part two about Bluetooth? Yeah. Uh, do you know how Bluetooth got the name Bluetooth? Not a clue. No. They were the company who did this i guess it was intel uh they were working on trying to get this you know personal area network set up and in 97 they were on a roll and getting close and this guy who works there suggested as a placeholder name that they use bluetooth after a colleague of his who was scandinavian and was telling stories about this 10th century danish king called harold bluetooth and I don't know the story about why he had that name, but that was his name. And so they said, okay, that worked. We've got to call it something for right now. Bluetooth will do. Well, it comes time to start marketing. And what their, their plan was to use it, uh, to market it under the name PAN for personal area networking. Turned out that when they uh, looked for if that's copywritten or not, there were tens of thousands of things called PAN all oh. over the place. So they huh. wrote that off. And the time was running short. They didn't have time to do a complete exhaustive search for Radio Wire, which was their second choice. And they had to get the marketing set up. So they just decided to go ahead with Bluetooth, call it that. And that little logo are is a merge of two runes, two Scandinavian runes for this guy's uh, name. The first one is a vertical line with an X in the middle. And then the other one is a vertical line with the two triangles on the side to make kind of a B. So that's why that logo is the way it is. 
Nice. Good no, information. Not a clue did I know that. Yeah. That's I had no crazy. idea. I, I mean, it's it's not going to change anyone's life knowing this unless you get on a game show, but I thought that was cool. <laughs> this, well, this wireless technology named after a 10th century Danish king. It just shows you that you can brand anything and make it stick. Yeah. Yeah. Out of nowhere, the name Bluetooth, no one knows what it means, but they never ask any questions about it. It's it's just Bluetooth. The mm-hmm. end. Yeah, cool. And he didn't make any money off of it at all. Not he's quite dead. Not a shilling. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be darned. That's well, well. really cool. Well, thanks, Wes. That was that happy was to help. Eight seven eight nine four two zero for your texts. Lawyer Bill is here tomorrow, so uh, rock on. Keep on rocking. What whatever people say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> keep on. I think we're getting slap happy. Uh, John Prine follows Leon Bridges. This is Drake Digital.